This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after show entertainment. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV Scandal After Show. <laughs> What's up, gladiators? Where's our music? Oh, there we go. There we go. Sorry, we got to have fun. It's the last uh, the last after show for this season of Scandal. This is season two, episode 22, White Hats Back On. Another exciting day in the studio for the Scandal After Buzz TV after show, and we are your crew. I'm Emil Ennis Jr., joined here with my sister. Hey, what's everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hey, I'm Sophia Stanley. And I am Bam Erickson. And um, like I said, we're just going to have fun with this episode. Um, so we are hosts and we have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we don't always agree with, uh, you know, the... Anyway, um, what were your thoughts on this episode? I, 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 I wasn't pleased. You know what? I wasn't pleased. And I'll get to... I'll explain why. While, you know, while we're recapping. But, you know, I'm, you know... <laughs> I am pleading the fifth with an addendum to my pleading the fifth last week. I think that this show is absolutely amazing because it has done something revolutionary. And I think that it is arguably the first truly interactive television show. And by interactive, I think that the audience is smarter than the average bear and I think that this finale actually didn't live up to the intelligence level of the audience. Come at me. Mm. Bam. Well, I had some... I wasn't completely happy. There were some moments and things that, that I did enjoy, but we'll get more into that. But overall, I was expecting more. But then also, when you have a show of this magnitude, such as Scando... Um, where when you when you saw all of the things that I was posting on Instagram, like people take this show, they they think of this show so highly. There was something that I posted on Instagram where it was like you know turn to your neighbor, and then it's like you know turn up, hallelujah, you know, <laughs> uh, scandal comes on at ten. People have such a high regards for this show that sometimes it could be difficult to 
to live up to the expectations. Now, as far as Shonda and the, the writers are concerned, they they do what they do, and they may not be aware of how much we and the and the the fans look up to the show. But I guess because the show had such high expectations for me, it didn't um, live up. To it didn't it. live up to the expectations. So. Well, we are going to go ahead and break it down right now. Um, you know, we were all a little upset last week when Billy Chambers came back just because I thought it was too predictable. I think we all did. Um, but we come back, and this time they're analyzing, or we're finding out the backstory about how Billy came back. And we see partner with Charlie, and basically uh, Billy begged and told Charlie that he had information he could use, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we see Huck in OPA and he's saying, you know, I should have done it myself and Huck's having regret for saying that this is the reason why all this is occurring. Um, but the interesting thing was when uh, Defiance reunited and we saw that there was a new person at the table, which was Fitz. And, you know, Hollis is this big, bold character in the show who always has something to say, not afraid to speak his mind. But it was so great to see somebody finally shut him up because as soon as Fitz entered the room, he's like, oh, oh, wait, he kind of leaned not back. not only that, no, he stood up. He did. He actually mm-hmm. stood up. It was the first time that you saw Hollis for a split second respect the authority of the president. And he did that by standing up like but you're he, supposed to. But his lines cracked me up when they was like, well, who could the other person be? It's not. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Verna, she's um, <laughs> she's dead as a slap. <laughs> he also said, I forgot what he was talking about. Bang, bang, boom, boom, bye, bye. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hollis is crazy. But it was also cool, Melly, because there were so many things going on in that one scene uh, when Melly and uh, Cyrus were arguing at the same time and she was saying, I'm not even part of this administration anymore. And then when Fitz came in, he said, sit down, Melly. And then... I commented on Olivia's grin because Olivia looked so happy at that moment to see her man walk into the room and take control and finally be a part of the table, mm-hmm. which he should have been part of from the beginning. Um, uh, uh, okay. What's up? I'll, nothing. What's up? No, no, I mean, you're, gonna, you're good. You're going to get it. Trust uh, me. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Hollis said Billy has to go. And that's when the president said... He doesn't want to have any more blood on his hands, which I don't think... Or he didn't say any more blood on his hands because they don't know about him killing Verna. Good but he said something to the effect mm-hmm. of... Yeah. yeah. And then... <clears throat> because they said they initially said they need to kill Charlie. So he's... Right. I think that's when he was like the bang, bang, goodbye. Yeah, that's, that's when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... What, what do I have? Sorry, guys. I'm, I, I have all these notes here that I have to try to analyze. Cyrus tells Melly to come back. Oh, he was telling her to come back and join Fitz with the presidency. Well, that's yeah. well because basically, then yeah. they concluded that obviously that's they have to get they have to get to Billy, but they're not going to kill him. And then uh, and then basically the the new band of five, of five now di- you know disbands. Melly walks down the hallway, is obviously upset, you know, saying that she will not be humiliated again. Cyrus goes after her. Part of me is like, we're done with that now. Back to Fitz and Olivia. Now this next scene with Fitz and Olivia was. Such a great scene. And I felt like this episode, not this scene in particular, but this episode, there were a lot of funny moments. I felt we were all laughing a lot during this episode, which I like to see humor and scandal. But 
this episode or this scene was important because Fitz is still standing up to the fact that he wants to be with the woman he loves. And I think I have the lines here. He says, I'm running. I'm winning. We're getting married. And you're moving in to the White House. And then <laughs> this was great because Olivia was saying there's a million problems with that. And he said, fix it. <laughs> and, and then she said, didn't you tell me not to fix? You said, don't fix me. Fix the public. And, well. That to- was, I sound corny, but that was very cute. Um, boyfriend, girlfriend banter. That yeah. Was, yeah. It was really cute. And, again, she did question him and say, well, you know, you told me not to, to fix it. His response was it was such a great response back and she what what can she say because he did say you can't fix my life but you can fix the also fi- also like, the i'm gonna the world i thought it was cute yeah i, I apologize mm-hmm. um i think what he specifically said though was i don't need fixing mm-hmm. there's yes. a little bit of a distinction because he's basically like i love you i don't need to fix that yeah so you need to fix everybody else who somehow thinks that that's a problem and subtly yourself Think about it. If if he's basically saying this is how it's going to be, so basically fix everyone, including yourself, mm-hmm. to get on board with my new plan. And have you noticed the confidence or what we call swag now? He's, oh, I say confidence. <laughs> I'm being I'm being a he has person. his assurance. Like you know, when he was uh, when he was drinking the brown water, he was kind of like he didn't really. His self-esteem, he he didn't kind of have it. But, I mean, he's on fire. And, you know, and, a lot, sorry, ma'am, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he now has Olivia. Because when he's around her, he kind of acts like, yeah, I got this. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if, if, like, a dude got with, like, Halle Berry. And, like, I keep using Halle Berry. I used this, like, a, months ago. But it's like if he got with Halle Berry, he's like, yo, I, I'm with Halle Berry. Like, you can talk all this stuff yeah. that you want to, but I'm going outside with Halle Berry. You better watch out here. She's crazy. That's true. But, but, also, but to piggyback on what Camelia's <laughs> saying, I think she's making a great point. And I think that's even why he uses her own words. He's like, you basically said you're better than all my White House boys. Like, you're that good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I know you're that good. So be that good and fix it so that we can live and be happily ever after. But wait, wait. Hey. Okay. Oh, no. Trust me. I'm not going to go past <laughs> I was going to say, but specifically, he said, use your superpower. And then she said, wait, what are you doing? He said, said, using my superpower. And then Sophia was like, oh, we need a commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the way Shonda puts these scenes in there, though, like, God, that was just an intense scene. Like, it's... It was subtle, but it was it was good. Pro- it was Shonda. Yeah, it, it was, was sexy. Yeah. She had some sexy scenes in this show, and it's just nice to see Olivia and Fitz interact that way. And I'm glad that we got to see this moment before later on the episode. Before Cyrus the Hater. I know, which we'll get to. But um, So I finally realized we were referring to him as the Secretary of Defense, and people were... I was, and that was my mistake. Well, because mm-hmm. I, I, for some reason I thought that was him, though, but um, they corrected us and said his name is Rowan. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rowan was talking to Jake. And Jake was refusing to bring Olivia in. And he's saying, well, if you don't bring her in, I'm going to have to have somebody else handle it, blah, 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 blah. And James was confronting Cyrus because Cyrus is still doing that thing where he's not giving James what he needs. And he's James called him freezing him out because he's not getting any type of information that he needs from Cyrus. But that's when Cyrus or James tells Cyrus about Sally's plan to go against the president. And this was a great interaction. I always love the interactions that Sally has with people because she always tries to pull this uh, biblical agenda. Yeah, I'm holier holier than thou. thou. Yeah, commandments. Yes, the commandments all the time, even though she misquoted the Bible last week. It wasn't even from the Bible. But she always has this. And this time, 
<laughs> I love what Cyrus said. He said, you have two duties. Don't die and be loyal. And he compared her to a dog. He compared her to the White House dog. He said, the dog, basically, the dog is loyal. You can do, you can't be just like him. He's loyal. Be loyal like the puppy. She is bold, though. She's so bold. But if you look at it, if you look at it from a, a strategic standpoint, that's the perfect move for Sally. Sally's a cold piece, you know, from back in the day. But when you talk about politics and your career, you got to pull some punches. And Fitz was just outed by Melly for, for cheating on his wife. Before that, the Amanda Tanner thing bomb dropped. So Fitz now looks like a double two-timer. Sally is pro-Republican Party. She, you know, she's like super pro-family values. Pro family values. This was this this was her perfect time to make that move. It was a little shady, but that's what that's how it this, goes. This, is, this is the only thing is, does she forget what was in the folder? Exactly. I think the same thing. No, daughter you know with mean? the abortion. No, seriously. And I mean, and I think this is the problem is like she again always wants to be so sanctimonious, and unless you're willing to fall on your sword, mm-hmm. like that word. then I got a problem with you. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem also too is the minute, and I'm going to compare her to Melly. The minute you were complicit in the first Amanda Tanner, so the first cheating scandal. You lose all credibility yeah. because that's when you should have wh- whatever you needed to do and not have supported <laughs> Billy. And when they showed you that folder, you should have been like, you know what? My daughter made a mistake. She'll repent or confess and whatever. That's between her and God. And then she should have outed them and basically supported Billy because she knew that that was true. And that would have made you. I may not have liked you, but then I could have respected you. But you can't basically back this lie because you don't want people to know that your daughter did something, quote unquote, what you consider to be bad and then continue to use that same morality card. But, Kick rocks. But, you know, also, Sally, <laughs> I, Sophia, I, that's a great point, but just to play devil's advocate, Sally needed to, to do that because if the information does come out and she doesn't speak about this, you have to remember she's the vice president and her only goal in season one is when Fitz said, you need to run with me because when I'm done with my term as a vice president, then it'll be your and then it'll be your job. It, you know, you'll move on to be president. So if she comes and speaks out against the president for what he allegedly did, well, not allegedly, for what he did, <laughs> then it will make her look good to speak out against her for to make herself look better for in the end when she wants to run for president whenever his term is over. So I could see why she did that, but it but she's a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah, yeah we all see why yeah. she did it. it was a good, but it was you can't you can't do it and then claim to be moral. But we all know why she did it. My question is, uh, Reston, did anybody see this coming? Because for some reason, I feel like a couple episodes back when we were introduced to him, I, I felt like I just saw this coming. And that's this is the first of many in this episode that bothered me. Because as soon as Reston appeared <laughs> on the screen, I was like, really? Yeah, no, it, that was a, in a lot of people's predictions. Maybe did we, somebody We here, might have even said it, like he's going to come it. back later on. Yeah. But this is my only problem is, um, and I guess this is uh, part of my issue at the top of the show when I said I was pleading the fifth, which I'm obviously not, is that they keep leaving too many loose ends. And they keep saying things that obviously aren't true. Think about how many times last episode and in through season two they've said defiance is over. They did it again. They're like, defiance is over. 
obviously, Defiance is not over. You want to know why? Because now you've brought in other people. So, yeah, Billy is obviously going to go to jail, but now you have Reston, and even though Reston didn't have the actual card, Reston still now knows that you actually stole the election, despite the fact that he already knew. He already had an inkling, and that's why the episode that was surrounding his his wife's murder rape situation, he alluded to to Liv, I already know how what you do to win elections. Mm-hmm. So he had an inkling, and now he has proof, so we just think he's going to go away? Yeah, we, so, no, pardon me, early back. prediction, season three, Reston, Defiance will... For, Defiance will forever be yeah. a storyline within Scandal. Mm-hmm. My question is, and I'm, I don't know if I asked this last week, what was the purpose of keeping the car in the safe? Why wasn't it destroyed? That was just that was just a, a, a that just wasn't a smart move as far as keeping why. your personal information where it needs to be. I mean, the fact that people keep breaking into Olivia's house, she doesn't have a security, you know, yeah, why she can't she keep it at home. They stole the they stole the the flash drive at her house, so obviously she can't keep it there. But the fact that it's in a safe, I don't know. I don't like You want to know why? I figured it out. I just figured it out this moment. It's her leverage. No, seriously, it's her leverage. At the end of the day, regardless of how she feels about Fitz, there's also still Cyrus. Mm. She has to have a card that she can play for her or any of her associates. Like, again, when we had, what was it, the brown folder, the black folder? That's like her trump card. That's, it's almost, this is the business she's in of basically gathering skeletons so that whatever she has to use to play for leverage... That's that to me is the only reasonable explanation that doesn't make me think that she's not intelligent. And one thing that we know, regardless of other issues, Olivia Pope is intelligent. So to me, she did it as that's her security blanket. Hmm. That's her. That's her last card to be played if she has to play it. Good point. What I liked about this episode was between um, the scene with Huck and Olivia, because <laughs> Huck is so troubled. But he's taking this time away from himself and, like, focusing on his friend Olivia, seeing that something's wrong with her, making sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. But I like how she says everything okay with you and him. Is that mm-hmm. what you said? She goes, she goes no, he goes, I worry, worry about, about you, you with him. him. Yeah. And Huck said that before. He said that last episode when he came into the office and he pointed out, or maybe it was the one before that, the last woman that was known to be sleeping with the president died. died. Mm-hmm. Now, Olivia did reveal normally she Huck said something like like last week Huck would say something and she doesn't really respond Mm -hmm. but she was very responsive she basically said what the real deal was which at some point I mean were you surprised that she said that or she finally revealed well she said he's going to he said he's going to marry me I'm going to be the first lady yada 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 then she said I worry about me too Mm mm-hmm I don't think I was surprised. I think that, um, I don't know why I said surprise or that. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, in her mind, it's just like how she would try to assure people in past episodes that she would be okay or that, you know, even though she doesn't have the white picket fence in the family and stuff, like she would tell all these families. I think that now it's the point where she sees what she wants and that it can finally happen. She's telling somebody else to assure herself. You know, yeah, we're going to get married. Everything's going to be okay. But I'm still worried about myself, but this is what's going to happen. Well, in that case, she sounds like the dumb, naive girl. Like, oh, yeah, he's going to leave his wife and we're going to get married. That's to me what it sounds like now. I agree with you, except for the last statement. The fact that she goes, I worry about me, too. I think she's almost still convincing herself to be that person. I think that in, in... 
the sadness of this show, and I mean the sadness in a good way, and the sadness of her character is that she's too smart for her own good. The show, her life on some senses, and I'm going to take this back in like 10 minutes, would be easier. No, really. It would be easier if she wasn't so intelligent. Because she can see 10 steps ahead, she's already realized this can't be. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good Olivia Pope is, she may have figured out one way that it's possible, but she can figure a gazillion ways that it's not. So when she says to him, I'm going to be the first lady, the minute she says it, she's like, I'm worried about me too. Because even by nature of her saying that and being that naive, then she has to worry about herself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, that dialogue shows that not only is she in a weird space, but it shows that at the end of the day, Huck is probably the only one she trusts because of previous episodes. He's the only one who shares her sadness. And if you think about it, he's lost a family and she continues every day to lose a family. Every day that she's not with Fitz, she's losing a family that could be and a family that we've always surmised this possibly was. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to last week when Harrison asked her, "What was your? what's your <laughs> end game? She still didn't have an end game, but it seems like now she's actually thinking and willing to address. Dang, I need an end game. <laughs> Dang, I need <laughs> Dang, it. I need to get it together. <laughs> um, now Rowan saw Cyrus or came up to Cyrus again that same bench in the park, and he basically told him that he needed to drop that tape. And right after that, Olivia called. Can we go back real quick? And I know that I messed up last week and I didn't hear the first part of the statement, so maybe I didn't hear the statement correctly again with Cyrus. But I think when he sat down, he goes, I serve the king. Right? I think he said that. And I could, at first, I thought he was talking about Fitz. And now I could change my mind. He could be talking about Rowan. And I could be wrong. So please, on Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, let me know what the statement was. But I think that when Cyrus sat down, Cyrus says, I serve the king. I I think that's very important. And again, I sometimes make stuff up. Go ahead. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) when he sat down, he says, you need to release the tape. And then Cyrus did his little banter with him and Rowan walked away like a G. And then uh, Olivia called. And that's when she said that Reston was the one who was behind this whole thing. And, and then to, and to get to um to get to Fitz because he's with Fitz, so you need to get to him right now. And then so Cyrus gets up. No, Cyrus was the one who tells her that they're about to have a meeting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And then is that when yeah, that's when Cyrus collapsed on the ground when in route two go to Fitz. Mm-hmm. And this scene this whole scene that happened after this was Cyrus in the ambulance talking to Olivia and um, <clears throat> and Fitz on the phone trying to figure out what's going on, what the plan is. The way he interacts with the, the crew on there saying these idiots are saying I had a heart attack and stuff. He's just so passionate about well, his job. But even it was not until the very end of the conversation that it was revealed that he was in the ambulance. He was having a conversation as if there was some flies that was bugging him yeah. and he was shooing, shooing him away while he was on the phone uh, with um, with Olivia and Fitz. That goes to show his his um, his loyalty to... And not to die. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Loyalty. But you saw this coming um, the past couple of weeks. All he's been doing is yelling. He's been very upset. And let's keep it real. He said, I'm an old man when he threw that at when he threw that at Fitz. He's an older guy. He's yelling at the top of his lungs all the time. He has Melly that he's dealing with. He was in the middle of Fitz and Melly. He has his um he has his husband James. He has Olivia. 
and then tonight and then tonight's episode he was with Sally so he reached his boiling point to where his pressure just couldn't take it anymore and he collapsed I saw it coming when when um when they were in the office Fitz Olivia and Cyrus were in the office and they were talking about Reston Olivia wasn't the only one who caught on that Reston wasn't just going to let it go like once he got his place in the office right they all knew that his end game was to potentially blackmail the president once he got in Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. okay because the way it looked when I was watching it seemed like she was the only one who knew well it seemed like she knew at first but then once she started saying saying it out loud and all three were talking about it they kind of worked it out as they were discussing it yeah it was kind of like you know a live a live problem being solved I still the dynamic between James and Cyrus is interesting though because James came running to the hospital and he collapsed on his husband and he said you know I love you don't die on me blah 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 blah. but you know what I'm gonna say what you cannot tell me that scene reminded me of what's love got to do with it when anime was in the hospital and he said anime don't you dial me I'll kill you don't you dial me I'll kill you that was hilarious you're silly but when he just Cyrus is Cyrus is still a cold piece, not the cold piece of the week, but he's still a cold piece because he still is always focused on how to get or make sure Fit stays where he is. So even lying to James again. But 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 at least James is stepping up to Cyrus in the same point that as he's basically like, yeah. "Don't die, I love you." He's like, "So is he really sinking faster?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got to give it to him because at the end of the day, and I think it goes back to the episode when they were literally naked in front of one another, and Cyrus basically <laughs> pulled James's card and said, "No, you didn't lie for me. You lied for you. You wanted this family. You wanted to maintain the status quo. So you lied because you wanted something." Yeah. So in essence, I think for the first time, and that's I think why James says, "Like I'm still mad at you, but don't die on me. I still love." you to me that's the first time now they're having a real interaction and he's basically like okay i don't care if you're like hooked up to machines and you just died i'm still gonna try to get my story and cyrus is still gonna spin it i think it's a win-win and and as um as awful as it sounds it was kind of a good thing that cyrus did have his heart problems because let's not forget the last confrontation that the two of them had so james is He's very pissed at him for what he did. Yeah. he Cyrus was the cold piece MVP last week. <laughs> but keep in mind, after Cyrus, you know, basically told him that he was the D-list of journalists, now James is doing interviews. He's the main point of contact when it comes to White House gossip. James is on the come up. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, a, you know, a stab in the side, especially when James mentioned to Cyrus that Sally was going to run for president. Mm-hmm. Cyrus didn't know that. Mm-mm. He didn't know that at all. So now James, don't sleep on James. He might, you know, he know he he has his way of getting back at Cyrus. Mm-hmm. I looked over to Cornelia when Billy came on the scene talking to David because when he was like laying it all out for some reason I didn't realize he killed Wendy the CIA director and Molly I thought that somebody from B613 did all that oh it was the mole remember it was they when the CIA director got killed that's when it was put into motion that we need to try to figure out the mole because the mole well, they disguised the CIA, CIA director as the mole, but the mole really killed him. So when Billy came back, you kind of had to tie them oh, all yeah. together. Well, anyway, point being, Billy is crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy, and I didn't, I, I just wasn't expecting that that he did all that. But he, 
the way he talked to David, it kind of reminded me in a way of the way Cyrus talks to Olivia because he they both do it this thing where it starts off where they're just talking to him trying to convince them to do something but then they go into this passionate speech convincing them that this is the the right way the only way you have to do this because you need to seek revenge or you need to do this for the greater good or you need to do this for this and that and obviously we see what david's goal was at the end but his speech was so spot on just saying that you know olivia ruined your life olivia ruined my life like all these different things to the point where I almost was like, oh, yeah, take Olivia down. And it's, oh, go ahead, it's so funny. I actually felt the exact opposite. What's up? And the reason being is everything he was saying was factually true. But again, he prefaced it with, I killed the CIA person, Wendy and Molly. <laughs> yeah. Right? And he forgot Gideon. Yeah, right? I was thinking that okay? too, yeah. So at the end of the day, think about it. For someone like David who wears the white hat. You have a four-time murderer saying, yeah, I murdered four people. I'm going to burn into hell, but I did it for the right cause. Well, what's your cause, right? And if you think about it, time and time again, David has seen firsthand how Olivia truly wears the white hat. And I think that he overplayed his hand. Like, he went too far. When he said, um, team of thugs, put it together with crazy glue, it was just one step too far. And to me, the ease was which David went like this with the card. I was like, no. I was like, I didn't think it was a fake card, but somehow I knew that David wasn't bad because I I couldn't buy that David thought that. It would have been different if he said something kind of like, yo, she fights a good fight, but she took you down, so now you're a bad guy? He wasn't trying to angle him that way, and that's the difference between how Cyrus talks to Olivia because Olivia has self-loathing, so Cyrus can do that. Technically, David doesn't have self-loathing. He's actually a little bit too flipped. Like, it doesn't matter if he was, like, living in his car or had to borrow money from his mom. David still is kind of David and has always been David. And I think that's the difference. You can't really try that self-loathing, I'm a bad person crap with him. Especially when there was two key things. He said, you know, these people are my friends. Mm -hmm. That's all David asks. And as much as Livia has, and I've said this as, as many times as Olivia has kind of, you know, thrown him under the bus, David considers Olivia as a friend. And the reason that you, uh, that I know that Olivia, that David considers him a, a friend, Olivia friend, is we were just laughing about how someone mentioned uh, Olivia's full name, but David called Olivia in season one by her full name. He called her Olivia Car- uh, Carolyn Pope. And we're all good friends, but I don't know, Emil, I don't know your middle name. No so, one will ever know. It's <laughs> <laughs> horrible. But, but, my, but, but, my, but my point is that, that scene. Theodophilus. I used to know it, Theophilus. Fitzgerald. But, um, but that just goes to show how he considers Olivia to be a friend. He knows her by her full name. And so by him saying that these are my friends and the fact that he's a lawyer and he, all he ever wants to see is justice. And then you tell a lawyer... That you kill four people? This is, but let me back it up a little bit. This is where I started to get a little, not confused by the episode, but that's when I started to get a little standoffish. Billy killed Gideon with a pair of scissors, accidentally, sloppy. He was frantic. The last time we saw Billy, his whole situation was frantic. Even when he went on TV and did the confession, it was very rushed. It wasn't calculated. It was very impulsive. So when Gideon was, not Gideon, when, um, 
Charlie. Char- not, no, what's the, 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 Billy. When yeah. Billy was at the table telling him how he killed all these people, and I'm going through my head and thinking how the, the murders were set up, how calculated oh, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that he actually killed well, them. It could have still been via Charlie. Yeah, and it was still via Charlie. And maybe that's what I was thinking, too. But, to me... He may be the you know the chief of staff to the to the VP, but Billy ain't that smart to do something like that. So that's when I was like, well, this I don't believe I don't believe that Billy was the mastermind behind this because he was so he's so impulsive to do stuff like that. You can't be impulsive. You have to be very strategic and you got to be real sly and sneaky about it, and you have to plan it mm. out. That's so, a very great point, Kanila. So that's why I was at that point. I was like, mm, I don't know. I didn't like I didn't like it. I mean as far as the killings go, but at the same time on another note, um he did have that whole strategic plan with Amanda Tanner. It just kind of fell off at the end. So maybe that's why he was so frantic, just mm-hmm. because it fell off. But I I, I completely understand what no, you're that's saying. That's a great point. I completely know. get what you're saying though. Cause I was thinking just in the same way, how could he pull off these type of killings knowing And you know what I was thinking? (laughs) iTunes. I was thinking about iTunes because I was looking at all of the comments that you guys, all of the great comments that you leave for us. You rate us five stars. You keep us number one. You keep us top ten. And so for this entire season, we want to thank you guys for being so loyal to us on iTunes and leaving comments, telling friends, downloading it, telling everyone. So we want to thank you for that. Continue to do that, although we'll be on the break, but continue to download all of the other shows that we have here on iTunes. Tell a friend, share, and uh, leave comments. And everybody say hello to the 140 people on the chat room right now. Wow. Hey, what's up? Thanks for staying up and watching us tonight. Um, this next thing I'm so excited to talk about, because we talked about James being on the the, the up and up. Um, he was doing a report, and he was talking about how Melly and Fitz were uh, reconnecting through a spiritual guidance. And Melly saw this report on TV, and then she sashays her way over to the hospital where Cyrus is. And she goes in there, and she tries to get Cyrus to act like everything's okay. And he's like, oh, the press happened to be in the lobby when they came in, so they might have seen me, but, you know, we'll deal with this Fitz when you and I leave. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're not leaving together. And this was one of my favorite scenes probably not even of the season of the whole series, because when Fitz went in on Melly, uh, please tell me somebody wrote down the quote because I tried but I missed it. It was I was too into it. Yeah, I, was, I was. I was. He so said something pleased. about we're not gonna. Th- oh, I got some of it. She goes. He goes. It's done. I'm not leaving here with you. This phase of our life is over. You are going to leave the ho- the White House, and then that's it was all I got. something he said. He said this this stage of capitalizing on stage support or something like that. One thing that I noticed, which we've they've never discussed at all, is he said that how people will embrace... Oh, no, uh, that's the the next part. I think he wanted to get the first part of the statement earlier okay. on. I, statement. Don't, I don't know what it was. He said something about we can't keep putting on this stage support or a symbol of yeah. marriage, whatever it was. That was. I need to get that quote. Somebody can tweet it to me right now or whatever, because that quote was on another level. But he just went he in. Went, he went but, in... So- Go ahead. I was just going to say he wasn't so hard on him, then I was going to continue. But but he went in hard. But did you notice that there's a certain aspect of his demeanor that was calmer than normal? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. normally when he goes in on her, it is like they're, they're a couple bickering. He wasn't bickering with her. Not at he all. He was just literally telling her the truth. Yeah, letting her know he what He was it like, is. okay, this is what's going to go on, and I think this is what you want to get to. <laughs> and he said, he goes into how 
how how the whole relationship will come to an end how a couple years later he will just start dating and but he, he goes he goes some very highly educated successful women mm-hmm. that the tabloids will love and they'll mm-hmm. eat up and w- one of the things that he mentioned that I liked was the fact that he said that the party will love her and he mentioned something about how people will will embrace Something in regards to race. No, basically he said, he was like, it will create, he was like, the issue of race will create a real dialogue. It will blow up the Republican Party. Because now, that it's going to have to be an issue that's discussed, number one. Number two, he's extremely smart. Because now you actually are theoretically, you're really bringing the Republican moderate to a way where the conservative end of the Republican Party has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And now it's 2013 or whatever the case may be. You can't be like, I don't like her because she's... Wait, I can't say that. Yep. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So yeah. at the end of the day, you're almost you're almost making people have to like her and then create exactly what Cyrus has always said. New rights, right? Because they've always said that that's what they that's why they think that Fitz is the guy, right? And then he goes one step further and is like, "Okay, I'm going to support you. I'm going to support your political ambitions. 2 years in, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this." And then he basically goes and if you don't, <laughs> he was like, all it's going to take is a whisper that you're racist. End game. But my you- point, my point of me all saying that is scandal is is colorblind. And so this is the first time that race has ever been mentioned. I, I, I disagree thought, well, with you, but go ahead, Camelia. Well, it's it. Most shows aren't willing to put the the current dialogue of the political season in their show Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you follow politics, Republican Party, uh, Democratic Party, right now the Republican Party is trying to figure out how to rebrand themselves and connect with a side of voters that they can't tap into. So basically what Fitz is telling them to do Mm -hmm. is how to do it on a television television show. He's saying, I'm going to be with Olivia. It's going to create this dialogue because if this were real life, what Olivia would do with the Republican president, she would bring Democratic voters onto the Republican side because mm-hmm. now people feel like they would have somebody to relate to. They'd be like, you know what? They're not so bad. He, you know, he's dating Olivia Pope. She's smart. She's edgy. You know, she's she's witty. She is a, in a, a power player in D.C. You know what? I kind of like this. I like this move. So he's now putting himself in a position of being the person responsible for bringing the party back to life. That's more powerful than 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 the, the situation itself. And and to really and I think that that the writers of this show are extremely intelligent because to put another political twist on it, you forget that the Republican Party is the party of Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they're, they're being really slick with it, as well as the fact that I actually don't think that the show's colorblind. I think that the show uses things on a more intelligent basis. The cards used from a place of strategy, but nothing else. It was a strategic mo- move in the same way that Cyrus tried to use a strategic move with Olivia when she, he was like, oh, our right. And she goes, don't play that with me because don't don't try to Olivia Pope me. So I think that whenever they talk about race, it really is from a perspective of how do they do it from a strategic perspective. And that's why you run demographics, you run numbers, you run, you know, what voters are going to go this way, whether or not it's the female vote, whether or not it's the male vote, whether or not it's the African-American vote or the Latino vote. That is, in essence, what politics is. And so I think that because they talk about it intelligently, then you're able to have the dialogue from the perspective of intelligence and not from a place of emotion, which allows people to open their ears Without having to feel defensive. Mm-hmm. But did you? Did I know you, what you're going to say. 
But did you see Melly's face? <laughs> oh, yeah. Melly looked like, because well, I'm... end game. And I'm going back to what I said last week. This is the first time Fitz told Melly what his plan with Olivia was. Mm-hmm. Because before, every time he referred to her, he would say, my mistress, he would, he would let... He would let Melly say stuff like, you're blinded by uh, her magical, what's between her legs and and whatnot. (laughs) The fact that he told Melly, this is what's going to happen. He put a spin on it to to say how it was going to work out in his favor career wise. He said he was going to help her. Then he said, I'm going to go on these dates because when he started talking about the dates, she was looking like, really, are you kidding me? But when he said, I'm going to date Olivia, it'll look like she was at my side when I got shot. That's the first time Melly heard the plan. She looked like she got kicked in the gut. And it's funny because I actually wrote down wrong, wrong, wrong because I thought he overplayed his hand until I realized how perfect the plan was. Because I was like, don't do that. Are you kidding me? You don't ever lay out your plan. And then I was like, oh, the plan's that good. And even Cyrus was like, oh, so Olivia Pope came up with that. And then he was like, that's good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I did wonder if he gave Melly too much information. He, you could you could look at it both ways. Which I'm going to say that he, I'm going to say that he did give um, he gave too much information because when we go into predictions for for season three, I, there's something that I'm going to use in regards to mm. with something with Melly. So okay. I'm going to say that he gave a little too much information because again, in your famous words that you always say, Melly is the most transparent person person on the show on the show. When Olivia was talking to Fitz on the phone. This was another sweet moment between them. Another nice, genuine moment where they are acting like boyfriend, girlfriend. And she was talking about Cyrus. And uh, once again, I love how Olivia talks to people and she's trying to convince them of something that she's not even sure of herself. And she was talking to him about Cyrus and how he shouldn't be worried about him. And, you know, uh, they're going to be together. Everything's going to work out. And don't worry, even though he's sick in the hospital, all these different things. Like, what did she say? Uh... Something about the, the cage, he'll bite your hand. You guys want to talk about? Yeah, bite your own hand off if you're that close to the to the, to the cage. Something because Cyrus, me. they know they know how Cyrus is. Cyrus is a bulldog, and you know she's telling him, "Don't be swayed by his antics and his ways." But every time Cyrus talks to her and convinces her of one thing, she's already okay. Cyrus, let's go with your plan every single time. But that's the way it is. But just really quick, I thought it was interesting. She asked him, "Do you want to come over and sleep?" Oh yeah, he said I don't have the I don't have the uh, personnel that, that, that I can trust. trust tonight. So they're I'm, together. That's yeah, you know you that, come. Are you sleeping? That's what it, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you you coming over? You sleeping here tonight? Or I'm, am I sleeping there? She obviously it'd be harder for her to sleep there because he's at the White House. But if it was a, a regular house, if this were a regular house, and as a black woman, she got to pack her scarf, she got to put the satin bonnet in the back. It's a different situation. It's easier for her. You know, Olivia got to pack her gloves too. Yeah, it's easier for her. board meeting gloves. She has to, you know, pack a kit. Y'all know what it's like when you spend a night at somebody's house. <laughs> but um, the next scene, though, after she hung up. And this is my issue. This this is another moment that just bothered me. You have this person from B613 trying to get in. So you're going to wiggle the doorknob, making all this noise, trying to get in the door? If they're supposed to be a trained killer, wouldn't they know, oh, wouldn't they know a, a slicker way to get in? Not, I don't care what time it is. You can't just assume somebody's gone to bed. And if you are going to bed, even I would hear that loud noise. It wasn't like a, a nice little turn to see if it's unlocked. She's over there... Yeah, but, she was. But again, something that I said, um, something that I said off the camera is Olivia's 
her living situation, I don't think has been to the extent that it has been since this whole defiance thing. And so with that being said, I wouldn't expect for her to have a gun. I wouldn't expect for her to to have, um, you know, security because that just doesn't seem like Olivia. I, she doesn't seem like the type of woman that is packing a pistol. I, I'm going to I'm going to deliberately go back to Emil's point. I don't think that was Emil's point. And correct me if I'm wrong, Emil. I think that what you're what you mentioned, Emil, is actually a flaw in the story mm-hmm. because you're right. If if it basically it was Huck. That woman is the equivalent of Huck. Mm-hmm. Huck would have never tried to open the door and been so loud so that Olivia could have heard. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's, I think, your point, right? So, I, but is that further, your point? Yeah, that's my yeah. point. But furthermore, on your point, though, I feel like she should have a piss on all these different things because even the very first episode, season one, she was dealing with, like, some type of mafia. What if they come back after her? Like, she's never been in the situation where she shouldn't worry that her life's in danger. I, with the type of client she has, I just feel like she should have some type of security. And or don't stand at the door. <laughs> Meaning, at the end of the day, do you not have another exit route? Like, I don't like that. I don't like the fact that it's, if you're, if you're, if someone's coming in, you go in your, in your bathroom. The fact that she doesn't have some kind of a panic room, panic something, room. Yeah. right? You don't stand right there. What does she really think she's going to do? Who can she dial quick enough to have saved her if Jake wasn't there. And she needs to get speed down. She's always trying to go through her contacts. This was this is an apartment <laughs> building. If someone is ballsy enough to walk, take the elevator up to your door, kick the door in, in front in, in front of these other apartments, there's probably doors right next to it, doors down. This person obviously doesn't care. Olivia, do something. Like the fact that she, like Sophia said, she stood there with her phone, like shaking, like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? She was sitting on the couch and saw somebody jiggling the knob. At that moment, you get your butt up and you get out of dodge. You do not sit there and try to figure out, oh man, somebody trying to get into the house. I wonder who no, it is. I I think oh um Olivia needs protection. She Jake showed her um, surveillance of someone in her apartment. Even if she, even if he was shady and she didn't believe it, yeah, at that point, the fact that this whole situation is going on around her, she need to beef up this. She need to beef up personnel. Yeah. Sorry, and you're dating the president of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. So at the end of the day, the fact that you called off Jake, you should have called back Fitz and been like, "Okay, cool. I can't tell you why, but you can't have Jake tell me. But you need to have someone tell me." She needs to realize, and I think it is part of the fact, and, and I think that Bam was the one who said this offline that in the last couple of years her life has changed. That despite the fact that she was a fixer and she was dealing with dictators and people of that level, her connection with the president, which obviously is going to be the storyline for season three, because we now need to know why it is that they don't want them to be together. I think she hasn't reacted quick enough to now her new position of visibility. Because I think that before she was kind of like this enigma, like Olivia Pope, but people didn't necessarily know who she was, right? And that's why even, you know, the lady with who was sleeping with the um, the soon-to-be Supreme Court justice didn't actually know who she was. Remember when she mm-hmm. walked in, she thought it was Abby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was just, it's just this name, the Olivia Pope, the <laughs> Olivia Pope. Now she's on radar in a completely different way that I think, and I'm going to, I'm talking out of, I'm just trying to defend her in some <laughs> way, shape, or form. She hasn't reacted quick enough to the new spotlight that she's under. She better get it together. <laughs> well, she has no choice. She definitely doesn't have a choice. My thing was, so Jake was right behind there to save her, right at the moment we walked in. And I in. was wrong. 
What did you say? What did you say? You remember my prediction of who I thought was going to come to the rescue? Well, you said Cupcake Girl or something. Was that the Cupcake Girl? That was the Cupcake Girl. That was her. Mm -hmm. That was her. But I I made the prediction with, you know, Harrison. So I was wrong. Well, when he saved her and he did that clean shot into the girl's head, um, which we rewinded and watched back again, uh, they went back to OPA. And when they got there... Went to the office, and she was still a little disheveled and confused. And then they tried to figure out, you know, she said, who's trying to kill me? But the whole interaction between them, you know, she said, you saved my life twice. When, after they talked for a little bit, it was the line when he said, um, she, she was finding out more about Jake, and he said, sleeping with you was my mission. And then she kind of looks at him for a minute, and she says, close your eyes. So he goes, so don't bother missing me. Yeah. And she says, close your eyes. And then she leans in and kisses him. And I think we all just, I did, at least this side of the table, were you guys, I, I just I was, wasn't. I was, now, I don't want to say disgusted, but I was like, why? Or me. I, I, and I'll tell you exactly what I said in the room. I said, girl, stop kissing people in the mouth. She's like the go to move. I Herpes. feel like that. Yeah, I, oh, I thought she was. <laughs> Herpes simplex one. Yeah. Oh my I God, thought, on one. I, I thought when she told him to close his eyes, I was hoping she, excuse me, I was hoping she kicked him in the balls. No, and you did say that. And to me, I was obvious though. Like the way, like, he really is an honorable dude. Like, regardless of whether that's his mission, that's legitimate. And I've said this before. Like, that's what Olivia Pope does. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if that was his mission, we don't know who he reports to. And as long as we're assuming that he reports to someone of good, that's what he's supposed to do. By saying, I'm not a good guy, because she basically was like, I was wrong about you. He was like, no, because he's basically like, don't miss me. He'd rather he did his mission m- mission and have her hate him because that's easier. To play devil's advocate, even though I do agree with you, Cornelia, she needs to stop kissing people, she's also in shock, right? She literally was, I like, I, I've never been in this position, but that's like a semi-automatic that has, like, a kickback. So imagine that kickback, literally think about the range that that girl was shot. So she came in, someone's about to come through your door, someone grabs you from behind, you realize it's Jake, who now you think is going to kill you, the door opens, it's someone with a gun, so you think, oh, I'm definitely done for, and then all of a sudden he shoots her point blank through her forehead, you're kind of all types of crazy, Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? And all you're thinking to a certain extent is, this is a guy who saved me twice, I kind of need to keep him close. So that's what I thought she was doing at first, but then she basically kind of was like, okay, be safe. She just was sending him on his way. So I don't necessarily like the kiss part of it, but I think that she was doing what she was doing. She was that was her way of saying thank you. You did something honorable. Because I just need you suffice. to know that I don't think you're a bad guy. I get I it. I mean, but... and this is going to be very complicated. I don't have a problem with her kissing so many people. And this, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I know it. You're not allowed to kiss people. You're in a relationship with Fitz. Exactly. Yeah. Why are you kissing? No, seriously. Me? I was like, you're cheating. That's what I was thinking. Like got- the other stuff when you slept with Jake, you guys were broken up. So that doesn't count. But you're with Fitz now. She you get, can't kiss people. She could have did a kiss on the cheek. I, I, agree. I mean, and the kiss was a little lengthy too. It wasn't like some quick peck. I mean, the lips were open a little bit. Like, <laughs> I mean, because if you think about it, that is. That is something that she hasn't revealed to Fitz, and now they're not even anymore. Yeah. Oh, but I like Harrison. Did you guys catch Harrison's line? He said, uh, this just got real. No. 
Yeah. But I mean, I think he said this S, H-I-T. It sounded like it. Just got real. They definitely cut it in a way that that's what I heard. I was just about to comment on Harrison. Did you guys feel he really didn't have any lines this episode? I'm not touching on it. I'm not commenting. At all. Yeah, he kind of. That was his one line. He had like maybe one other. Yeah, he kind of played the background. And even in scenes with the associates, it was three. And then he randomly popped up every once in a while. Maybe Bam was right, but it's going to take... Well, never mind, we'll talk about it. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I hope Bam's not right, but I'm just saying, was, I'm seeing signs. Uh, thank you. That's that's my that's my only point. I don't wish for it to happen, but you cannot... Deny. Deny the signs of what's going on on screen and off screen. I'm just saying. Oh, but okay, can I say something? I'm going to make a prediction that Bam is wrong, and the reason being is because... Harrison was the only one who stepped up and asked her what her endgame was and told her to control the narrative and jumping to the end of the episode, now it's out, who's going to come to her rescue? Mm. Harrison. Mm. Team Somebody Harrison. has to take over. She needs to be fixed now. Well, Harrison, I hope you're doing Huck is in the corner. No, Huck is in the corner, back saying 752. Um, <laughs> Quinn, no, Quinn is a crazy drill happy blah, blah, blah. Abby and David are going to run into the sunset, and that just leaves Harrison. But no, you think you know really, think Harrison can't get past Dad. You see what Dad did? Dad yeah. destroyed everybody's life. Dad destroyed Olivia's life. He destroyed Jake's life. He destroyed. And I'm about to say something. Cyrus's friendship with, with Fitz and, and them. He, dad is a cold piece. I, dad is, he gets the cold piece, um, second place cold piece of the week for me. I'll take that back. No, he doesn't. <laughs> when <laughs> Cyrus came to the office and he was checking to make sure Olivia's okay. And this is when... Olivia was trying to convince Cyrus that her and Fitz are going to be together and everything is going to work out. And Cyrus knows the plan because Fitz told him told him the plan in the hospital. And Cyrus came there with the mission, and it was to make sure that Melly and Fitz did what they needed to do to make sure he could run for re-election the proper way. Um, and he was a little harsh too. A lot of people went in on this episode, which I enjoyed because I like when people just go in. There's like a lot of intense dialogues, and so he said. When he said um, he was calling Olivia out on her nonsense, basically, he said, this isn't Romeo and Juliet. Or no, this is Romeo and Juliet. You guys are like kids. But remember, Romeo and Juliet died. <laughs> and then he said, this is not a romance novel. And he, when he told Olivia that he killed Verna, I want you guys to repeat what we were saying offline. Because he said that, you know, he killed Verna. With his own two hands. With his own two hands. I said, you know, I wouldn't be that upset because she was about to die anyway. And he goes, and he goes, the love of your life is a cold-blooded killer. Okay. Now, finish your thought, Emil. Oh, no, I was just going to say he just took it to an extreme. It's just what he made it more dramatic than it needs to be. Absolutely. Why? Because Cyrus is an ass. Cyrus wants things his way. He knows that if, if Fitz and Olivia whisk away and be happily married, then that affects him. Cyrus is selfish. And, I mean, yeah, it could be a little far-fetched for what their plan is, for what for what they're doing. But he goes to, to all the extremes to get what he wants. And that's what kind of bothered me is because he was being like a little... Um, um, 
the person that goes back, like if, if, if you two are dating, I go and tell you something Well, you know, Emil did this. And then I go to Emil, you and Emil, you know, Canelia, you know, you but know, he's done that since the Rose Garden. And the reason being is because at the end of the day, he wants to be the man next to the king. Mm-hmm. If that's really the comment that he said. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, when they had that the table of five, right, they were all equal. The first reason that he was so upset of learning about Olivia and Fitz was because now there's a special relationship that potentially gives Olivia an edge up. Mm-hmm. Now he's realizing, oh, all these times, Olivia actually has an ear to you, a direct ear to you that I thought I had that I wasn't even privy to. The fact that the that the 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 plan was so good, he's like, oh crap, then he doesn't need me. And really, at the end of the day, his sole reason for wanting Melly in versus Olivia is he thinks he can control Melly mm-hmm. more than he can control Olivia. Because Melly will never have a seat at the table so then Fitz needs Cyrus. If Olivia moves in the, into the White House, they're actually going to be a happy couple and they're the perfect political power couple. I don't really need Cyrus anymore if I'm the president mm. if I got the Olivia Pope. And that's, so, why, and that's why it bothers me because it was just a great episode. I'm just being cornered right okay. now. Because it was just great to see Fitz, uh, Olivia and Fitz just be so happy. Like, I was in that moment. And so for me, Cyrus just ruined that moment for and me. The, and, and, and for me, it didn't. And the reason being, and I've been saying this from jump, there is a moment in terms of love, and I'm going to take it there, and I've said this before again and again, if we bring it back, and this is my theory, that they have always, in essence, been married, when you say those vows till death that was part, and when they were in front of the Constitution, and I'm going to maybe mess it up, that, that wasn't maybe the, the document, or it was the Declaration of Independence, and they made an oath to one another— it's till death do us part. So part of me, I don't really care what little judge you killed and what dude you slept with. Does it make sense? You may have to answer for your crimes, but that's not going to stop me from loving you. And I think Olivia of all people needs something as drastic as that to really push her to basically be like, which way do you fall? Because at the end of the day, like if that's going to do it, then I think that it needs to be dramatic for the essence of the show, but it's really like there's going to be something. Whether or not it said he killed Verna, which is obviously extremely dramatic, and I'm making light of it, and I'm, and I'm not meaning to do that, but it's going to be something. She just waits for any little thing to basically be like, no, I'm backing up. No, I'm backing up. No, I'm backing up. So at the end of the day, I think Cyrus needed to push her to that level because in my mind, and I know I'm jumping ahead, all I needed Olivia Pope to do is to come into the room and not wait and ask and basically mm-hmm. be like, I know about Verna. I don't know if you know about Jake, but I slept with Jake. No, seriously. And be like, what's what's the deal? I love you. Does that make sense? I'm still willing to go through with this plan. How about you? Let, let me back it up. If we stick to the storyline, Cyrus had to tell Olivia about Verna and he had to show Fitz the DVD. Why? Because Olivia's dad was going to, told Cyrus, you need to handle it or I'm going to handle it. Cyrus knows this man and he knows what he's going to do. So if Cyrus wouldn't do that, then he has Olivia's oh, blood on true. his hands. Very true. Because he, he didn't know at I, the point, he didn't know that, that you know, what was going to happen. So he had to say it if we stick straight true to storyline. It's just my own selfish reasons because I was more involved uh, 
into the show on Fitz and But I think yeah, I agree, but I think that also too though, it's in the same way that like there's a certain aspect of tragedy that shows you a relationship. That's why you can have certain people that who can be together for like ten years. One bad thing happens, like someone loses their job, there's a the death of the family and they can break up. Versus there are certain people who could have, let's say, only known each other for six months, have a tragedy, get through that tragedy, and be together forever. It's because how you deal with certain things in life, that really shows who you are as a human being. Mm -hmm. So to me, on some levels, the way that Olivia reacted is exactly how Olivia always reacts. And the way that Fitz reacted is exactly how he always reacts. He basically is like, yo, like, it hurts me, but I still love you. Like, he's basically like, I was about to tell you, I know about Jake, but it doesn't bother me. I was and about I was to disappointed tell you. in Olivia for not, I mean, uh, murder is wrong. I get it. I totally get it. Murder is wrong. But, like I said off camera, if an older woman told me she shot me and with the intent to kill me, and she told me this and dead in my face and looked at me like she didn't, like she didn't give a damn. I probably would have killed her too. Like, you put let's let's take put it in real life. If somebody said, "Yeah, I shot you. I wanted to kill you, and I want you dead. You you don't deserve it. You're a brat. You're whiny. Your dad was right." She was saying all this stuff to Fitz, and he was still dealing with the effects of being shot. And he was still, you know. And so, I'm gonna take it one step further. She, and he's the president of the United States of America, and that's treason. Yeah, and that's putting the entire country in jeopardy. And does he or does he not have the authority, the full force and authority, to act to keep us safe? So when she, when he was, when Olivia didn't understand it. For me, it was two parts. I get it, you know. She it was it was shocking because to hear that the man that you love killed somebody that that's a lot to take in. But Vernon was her mentor and her friend, so a part of me was like, it was hard for her to take in and to hear that Fitz killed Verna, because Liv really never really saw the bad in Verna. She saw the stuff that she did wrong. So but that's not but that's not her problem with it. And that's why I have a problem with it. Uh. She didn't say I have a problem because you killed her. She basically again fell on her sword and was like forget the past. We've all done stuff. Now you can be clean. She again is making him like she's putting him on a pedestal and the difference is Put you both on the pedestal. When she basically keeps always saying, like, I'm not a fantasy, I'm not a this, I'm not a that, she's removing herself from him and making him higher. In the same way, not to bring it back, when he says, use your superpowers, and he's like, I got some too, He's he always sees them as equals. Mm -hmm. She's always trying to, 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 to put them in different places. That's why every time she's like, oh, I'm your mistress and I'm this, and he goes, don't you ever call yourself a mistress. He's always elevating her. To his stature, if not above, and she's always trying to drop herself back down, and that's exactly what she did in that moment. It wasn't, she technically didn't have a problem with him killing her. She basically was like, you have a chance to start over, to hit the reset button, to be good, to whatever. My people need me, blah, blah, Oh my God, blah. when she said oh, that, that, when she oh, said God. that line. But, okay, okay, I got it, because... She's basically saying, I need to get back to the sole purpose of this show, Olivia Pope and Associates. This whole entire season, her life has been consumed around um, um, around 
the White House and what's been going on. She has neglected the OPA. Well, wait, wait, she wait. has. So I got it from that perspective, but I didn't like it. But I don't get. It. I don't even get it from that perspective because OPA is doing just fine without her. And it's, she's enabling them. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's also condescending and disrespectful because at the end of the day, everyone's a bunch of adults. So if you're going to coddle them forever, it's like eventually your children need to grow up. And as far as I'm concerned, they're growing up pretty well with the exception of Hawk. And we already know that at the end of the day, she messed up on that a while ago. Quinn... Is doing kind very well for herself. Asserting her. Since so you're talking about Quinn, let's go, go ahead and talk about Quinn right quick. Yep. Let's talk about Quinn okay. because Quinn, they were at Billy's apartment <laughs> and they were stalking. And I'm, tra- I'm not stalking, but trying to track him down. They were waiting there for him. And then Billy comes in, he runs, and Huck comes after him. Huck's trying to torture him. Huck can't do it because Huck's dealing with all this stuff. Quinn, though, and th- I've been waiting for this. I think this was a genuine moment where I actually I really enjoyed this moment with Quinn because it- I had mixed emotions. Uh, one, because for so long last season and beginning of this season, we were complaining like Quinn doesn't have a place. What's her purpose? What is she doing? All these different things. So it's nice to see this growth and development as she's following Huck around. The moment, though, when Huck said he couldn't do it and she took the drill off his hand and there was like a click in her head and then she looked down and then she went and did it herself. I was proud of her for doing that. A little disturbed, but proud of her for doing that. But also, it was nice to see her finally get revenge for losing Gideon. Because remember, when she met Gideon, she was with him. It was finally like she found her purpose again since she was um, no longer... I forgot what her her real name was. Lindsay Dwyer. Lindsay Dwyer, yeah. So it was finally nice to see her get revenge on that. But like you were saying, continuing back to OPA, though, you have Quinn, who's now Huck Jr. You have Abby, who's Abby. And she's still on top of her game for the most part. You have... Uh, Harrison, who Olivia has already given the tools necessary to take over, she's she's given him everything he needs. So I don't understand what she and needs David to go back to. And now is yeah. the U.S. Attorney. Okay, let's talk about David now because David. I just, I get okay. You're very right. They don't need to be babysat, but that was just her way of making an excuse to to say why she couldn't go on with this because her guilty conscience got to her, and th- this was just her way of of. Uh, leaving the relationship on good terms. There was no drama. She's basically just saying what. She, she needs to put her big girl panties on. I mean, let's let's come on. Come I, at him like a, like an adult. If it, it, tell him what the deal is. I agree. Don't use an excuse. They need me. I cannot no, believe they I'm, don't. De- I'm I'm of all people uh, um, defending uh, her. De- defending her. Well, the, I'm just playing devil's advocate. But yeah. no, I totally agree. I don't particularly. I don't. I don't like her. I don't like her decision. I didn't. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> And again, I'm going to, and, and Keneally, jump in if, if, because I'm really just piggybacking off of, I think, what you were about to say. It would have been different if she basically was like, you know what? I can't handle this. Yeah. Like, I can't handle the screen. I can't handle. But the, by putting it on them, it's, and I'm going to bring it here, and I just have to. It's when parents say that they're staying together for the children. Mm-hmm. That's BS. You're staying together because you, because you don't want to be alone and you're scared. No, seriously. Because at the end of the day, your children will eventually grow up. And at the end of the day, Children seeing an unhealthy relationship is bad. Mm-hmm. So you continuing for your associates to be sad and to be miserable and in essence to be a shell of a human being and for you not to somehow want what you gave to Steven. Yeah, and like in essence, I'm actually going to go one step further. Even in the dynamic between Harrison and Abby, the fact that Abby wanted to be happy and that they basically say like you have to choose between happiness and being a gladiator... Well, then, I don't know. I might have to choose happiness. Well, my, and my thing is, if Olivia gets in another relationship later on, 
is she gonna use that as an excuse again? Because at some point you can, and this this is the, this is the struggle with women and and wanting to have a career and to pursue your dreams or whatnot. At some point you have to choose how do you want to balance your personal life and your work life. So the fact that Olivia fell back in this situation, uh, they, they need me. So when she meets another man and he says, I want you to spend more time at home. Let's have some kids. Let's do this. I can't. They need me. And then later when they break up and she gets with another dude and he says, so, you know, what's, what's good? I want to go out. Let's have some like date night. I can't. They need me. She, You can't. You, you can't. We can't play Which this is game. different than her saying I'm scared and I can't allow myself to open myself up to you in this way and potentially have it not work. That I would respect. Exactly. Just be honest with him. That's the issue. It's all about honesty and just opening it up and telling it like it is. And she keeps... And to com- be honest to herself. Yeah. I agree. I, n- I not totally agree. I was just playing on the side. But what I didn't like after that whole big speech, you know, she got on her little white sweatsuit. Wait, and- before, we even get, before we even get to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, can, I, can I go back to the Huck and uh, Quinn thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed in, in, in Huck in that situation. Not because he couldn't, you know, torture um, Billy or whatnot, but because Huck turned Quinn into him. Huck is a tortured soul. He's tortured. Charlie turned, well, the B316, they turned Huck into this shell of a person. Now Huck is responsible for what is going to happen with Quinn Quinn. emotionally. And I was a little sad about it. And it seemed like he kind of, I was wondering if when he went into the, into the back into the office and went in the room and closed the door and sat on the floor, I was wondering if it was because one, he felt like he was losing himself or he was, you know, he, he just wasn't the same man or was it because he turned Quinn into him? Well, obviously because when the same, at the same conversation, when he told Olivia that, I'm worried about you with him. She, the conversation started with he's worried about Quinn because he sees and Quinn that mm-hmm. what he sees in himself. Yeah. So, were you guys pleasantly surprised and happy that David ended up wearing the white hat and still staying true to himself? Because we found out the Citron card was fake and he played everybody. And he, uh, what I wasn't expecting was the fact he went through all those codes. <clears throat> that was yeah. That was awesome yeah Yeah. like he was persistent but 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 again if you go back to how he had all the pictures on the wall when he was uh when he was determined when he was determined to get olivia that that was was, nothing it was it was brilliant Mm -hmm. it was totally brilliant but i didn't like i would have liked for some partial resolution between he and abby like what does no but think about it they did they did remember when the whole thing she's like yeah i took the card Remember, think about it. They had they had the first thing where he asked her if, if she took it, and she was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And then when he actually saw the Citron card, he looks at her, and she was like, "Yeah, I took it." To me, that's season three, because also too, think about it. It's Abby who figured it out. It's Abby who figured it out was David. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So on some levels, I'm not going to say that like game respects game, but kind of. I think there's going to be some mutual resolution of that. But I think for them, think about it. They have this witty, sarcastic banter. That's their resolution. When she was like, I took the card. Okay. Now, one of the most important scenes, obviously, was when uh, Olivia got her box and it was from David and it had uh, everything she needed to uh, convict Billy. And you, at the same time, we saw President giving a speech, making him the U.S. attorney. But most importantly, she got her white hat. But I'm glad that David, he, he, he had the white hat and he gave Olivia the information. But I like the fact that, um, that he said to Cyrus... I'll give you this, but brother, I need something in return. 
And well, I li- of course, though. He wasn't he wasn't going to just give it without anything because his reputation is still tarnished. He had to... Uh, I was I was happy for I was happy for his resolution. Just that's uh, all. Just because he stayed true to himself, being very honest and wanting to do this for the greater good and everything. But at the same time, he's not going to do that for the greater good. And now that they know at Olivia Pope and Associates that he did all this, that's great and dandy. But he still wants his place in the public spotlight because the associates nobody really knows the associates in the public so to everybody else in america they would still think oh david rosen that's the guy who was yeah he totally deserved that position but that hat though that was a that, was a that hat shot. was on another one my mom say. It, it was like borderline uh diana ross and mahogany versus mm-hmm. um joan collins and dynasty mm-hmm. um when she walked in the courtroom that's what that was. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. But I didn't mean we, to do that. When Sorry. we get back, though, because you touched on it, because at the end of Fitz's and Olivia's conversation, she was basically saying, get back with Melly, get back with Melly, get back with Melly. And I was like, no, girl, don't know. And, and, and right after that, I think that that bothered me already because she didn't she wasn't a woman enough to own up to her feelings and, like, really have a, a conversation with her man and tell him how he how she feels. But the issue that bothered me is how happy she looked afterwards when she was in her white jogging suit, putting her headphones on, just everything, like, she's been redeemed. Like, And you know what? I'm a little disappointed in Fitz, too. Because if you really didn't like Melly as much agree. as you say, and if you were really to lay it all down on the line and just kick her to the curb, when Olivia said, go back to Melly... Fitz could have easily let Olivia walk out of his life, yep. but that doesn't mean that you have to get back with Melly. Right. You don't like her. You already said what your game plan is going to be. So now Fitz <clears throat> being strate- the strategic man that he showed Melly he was at Fitz- at Cyrus's bedside, swap Olivia out and put another uh, put another person in there. That plan, or, that plan is still well and good. And Fitz still- could- I was going to say he still could have gone with the plan he until sure Olivia caught up and joined because, remember, he said, you know, we're not going to get back together, but I'll help you with your career. I'm going to date some respectable, educated women. He but could have still done that. Still yeah, and also only two years out. Yeah. Right. No, I, t- I could completely agree with Camelia, but I think this is why Cyrus Rutherford Bean is an amazing character and Jeff Perry is a brilliant actor because 99.9% of the time, what he says may be mean, but it is correct. Mm-hmm. When he says, I'm obviously the only adult in this room, they're acting like children. Because it's basically like, again, it's their it's their normal routine. We love each other. We hate each other. We love each other. We're together, blah, blah. And way back when, earlier with the whole Edison thing, when Fitz said, I'm going to divorce my wife, regardless of what you do, that's what you need to do. When Olivia says, earn me, you still haven't earned me. Because you, you didn't go on national TV and said that you had an affair. You backtracked there again. Then you're going to do this, this game plan two years out. Who knows? knows what can go on then then earn me i think she's still she's still not feeling confident in her worthiness to sit and to be the first lady and he still needs to show her and the only way i think he could have done that is exactly he should have filed divorce papers had a press conference and not gone back to melly and not only gone back to melly but again it's the same cycle Olivia breaks his heart. He literally leans on Melly. So then it's kind of like Melly. And this is the thing is I think people sleep on Melly. What does Melly do? Melly puts him back together. Mm-hmm. Even with the brown water. She puts him back together, sets him on the road to be a great, a great president. And once he starts feeling himself, he's like, I don't need you anymore. And he goes back to Olivia. And it's this weird cycle. It needs to stop. And also, 
the idea of this whole plan, this is Olivia's idea. This wasn't Fitz. Yeah. It wasn't. But what I think was interesting in the scene where he goes back to Melly, there was a there was a look on Melly's face that for me told me, oh, sh- um, oh <laughs> shucks, he's back. In a I, good way or a bad way, or a ba- just confused. In a bad way because I think that after after oh. after Fitz read her the rights that he did. Yeah. I think Melly leaked the information and was like, okay, oh, I need something. Oh, and I so think it's so Rowan. You think he she leaked the information about Olivia? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I totally think it's it Rowan. Oh, wait. You, wait, you think who did it together? I think I think Melly and Fitz made the decision to leak the information. How is it of benefit to them? Why would it be? Olivia kicked him to the curb. So now she's she's the problem in their relationship. So to clear up what Melly said, to clear up They're trying to get it back together. Uh, they're trying to get it back name. together. So Okay, can I say something? If that's the case I will, I'd have no words. I think it's Rowan and then the only thing I'm gonna say is this is it just in case because I think we're I, just in case we run out of time. I personally, the entire reason that I had issues with the episode, and this is just me rewriting it, I would have preferred if Olivia had said, I don't care what anyone's done, let's leave the past in the past, let's walk forward with this plan because we love each other, and then the news came out. Because then I think, again, for once, she's taking ownership of her feelings, she's taking ownership of what she wants her together, and now they're going to deal with it together. The fact that she basically rebuked him, if it is, in fact, Fitz and, and Melody or whatever, I'm, think, but I'm thinking it's Rowan. I think it's, it's mm-hmm. her dad that leaked it. I don't know, I know that doesn't necessarily make sense, but I still feel like he <clears throat> needed to make sure that they were no longer together, and I feel this is the only way he thinks he can do that. I completely agree with you. I think we all were in agreement. If that would have gone down where she owned up to her feelings and, yeah. and did all that and then it came out with the paparazzi and yeah. stuff, it would have been a great episode. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so what? Who cares? As Bam says all the time. Um, so what? Who cares? And then uh, just the last thing, the paparazzi was outside and it was out as a mistress and then in the limo is Rowan who we find out is her dad, which people have been predicting on Twitter. Why was it so predictable? Why is this show so... Why, and, why you know is it, what, and you know what it is? And I think it goes back to what I said. And I'm going to talk about both sides of my mouth. On one level, I'm going to scream and yell and say it's too predictable. And almost all the theories where I previously said, just go back and watch the episodes. Now I'm going to say, no, just go back in the blogs. No, seriously. Like, yeah. all of the theories are clearly articulated. You can almost tally it. And and literally the overarching theme in all the blogs gets it right almost every single time. I think it's twofold. I still contend it's amazing writing, and that's why we're so tied and connected to the show. But more importantly, shout out to Gladiators. I think this is a completely new era of an audience and a demographic who watches because they're intelligent. I think it's the first time where arguably the audience is as intelligent as the writers. And I think that's why season three, I'm going to make a prediction. They're going to have to raise the bar because people are, we, we hold on to information. It's not another, a show where it's, even though there's a scandal every week, because there's overarching themes, like people mention, like, oh no, well David and and um and Billy were actually in an elevator together season one. Like people, we're holding on to and piecing it together as if we really are fixers. So I think they're going to have to start thinking from that perspective. Or sorry, talking outside of my mouth, Shauna doesn't like giving the fans ownership of a show, and she'll kill you. She'll kill somebody so, off. That's just my. Other side. Well, guys, you know what that means. That means this is the last. <laughs> I like 
that. This uh, this is the last recap for this season. So um, that was a, a, a fun episode to recap, regardless. And now it's time for the news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. So um, I can't remember if we said it last week, but uh, Scandal was renewed for season three. So we can't wait for that. But more importantly, at the beginning of this season, um, Bam and Sophia got to go to the Paley Center in Beverly Hills and meet some of the cast from Scandal. And while they were there, they got the first season DVD of um, the first season DVD signed by Kerry Washington, Katie Lowe's, Guillermo Diaz and Jeff Perry when he was in studio with us a couple of weeks ago. We have the DVD here. We said we were going to do a giveaway. We asked you guys at the end of last episode to do hashtag AfterBuzzTVScandal. And we are going to do the drawing right now to determine who the winner is. But also, we're going to do uh, three more names. And those uh, three additional names will be runner-ups. For yeah, and a- they are going to get, um, hopefully we're going to go to Steven in the booth. They are going to get an AfterBuzz t-shirt. So once we pick the names for the AfterBuzz t-shirt that Steven is wearing, <laughs> uh, we will then get your sizes and we will send you t-shirts for the runners-up. And we're going to pick the first name for the DVD, but we're going to announce it last. Mm-hmm. To kind of build up to the suspense. Okay. All right, guys. All right, here we go. Who wants to pick first? Amelia. Oh, I'll do it. Okay. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Yeah, hold that one because that's the one for the DVD. All right. Hold that one till the end. Okay. Ladies. Oh. Oh no, go and then I'll go last and then we'll go. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) I had a plan. And then I'll read and we'll go that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, this is your chance. This is it. Okay, so this is for the t-shirt. Um... <laughs> Wait, I want to show them the t-shirt. Can we do, Steven, can we show them the t-shirt that you're wearing? I mean, I, I already did, but here you go. Oh, oh, I forget that we can't see it. I'm sorry. I forget that it doesn't come up on our stream. Okay, can for I, a t-shirt. Well, can I just also say that we want to thank everyone for, for, um, for submitting. There were people from... All oh, yeah. from yeah. globally everywhere from the United States to to various different Sweden, areas. Australia, the Netherlands, Norway, the Philippines. So yeah. yeah. So thank you guys. Canada. <laughs> oh, <All right>. Canada. <laughs> All right. So uh for a t-shirt we have Diamond Starks from Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis represent. <laughs> and and for another t-shirt we have Sonia Ramos from Marietta, Georgia. Oh, we got Marietta in the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's like 10 minutes away from where I'm from. All right. Um, the, the South is representing Tanisha Bozier from Greensboro, North Carolina. Oh, man. I'm from North Carolina. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. This is it. It's the big one. Hold this. Th- hold that up for me, Neil. All right, guys. Oh. <laughs> All right. So the winner of the scandal autographed DVD is... Christine Pimbleton from Phoenix, Arizona. C. Pimbleton on Twitter. Congrats. You got the DVD, girl. It's going to be coming to you. Congratulations. But we really want to do this for so many reasons, and we're actually not doing shout-outs today. And the reason that we're not doing shout-outs today is because we just really want to shout-out all of you gladiators who have... Um, contributed your thoughts, your comments, and subscribing on iTunes, YouTube. Literally, like I said, I would recommend during the summer, everyone's, you know, wondering what they're going to do for Scandal Rehab. Unlike the first season when we only had seven episodes, now you have 22 to go back and to really delve in. And I strongly recommend going to the blogs. Our YouTube blog is a really great resource. Literally, the way that people 
break the episode down and basically they just carry on what we're not able to do because we really only have an hour, hour and a half. We really, really appreciate you Gladiators for doing that as well as Gladiators on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on our personal websites. Really, Gladiators, you are the true reason that not only we have a show, but you are really the true success of Scandal in general. If it wasn't for you fans, I think being intelligent, being connected, being interactive, the show would not be this new phenomena that it really is. So again, just a general Gladiator After Buzz Scandal shout out to all of you who watch, who listen, who tell a friend and rate, comment and subscribe. We really appreciate you. And that's why I really wanted to do this, this giveaway and give out some extra T-shirts. So thank you very much. We really Thanks, appreciate you. guys. Oh, this is so sad. I know, right? No, 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 no sadness. And also, too, um, for those of you who kind of think that you're going to have Scandal Rehab, which I already feel it already. Um, also, there is a meetup in New York City. And I'll I'll tweet out and send uh, and put out on YouTube the further details. But if you're on Twitter... Outlaw Josie, which is Outlaw J-O-Z, is the main organizer for the first ever annual uh, Scandal Gladiator meetup, and that is in New York City. And I'm almost positive that it is the weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend. It is going to be an absolute blast. I know that the bracelets that some of us are wearing, um, they're going to be giving those out. There's going to be just tons of stuff. To me, like, if you are a true super fan, definitely check it out. If you can't go, definitely contact um, Outlaw Josie on Twitter. Um, And I think that that's her name across the board on on all uh, platforms. And continue the dialogue with us on iTunes, continue the dialogue on Twitter um, and on YouTube. We're we're here. Oh, I'm excited. Um, so now it's time for predictions. And now your After Buzz TV prediction. I predict that next season, um, just like we did this season, next season is going to break records, and people are going to people who. who you know, I've heard about scandals, but stuff and watched it. Are going to watch it um, on Netflix, whatever outlet they can this summer. And we're going to have so many new gladiators next season, and just continue to break records. And um, I predict that Harrison will still be at Olivia Pope and Associates. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great season. And like I said, or Sophia said, they're really going to have to up their game, though, which they did this season too. But each season, as we go along. They're just really, really going to have to up their game to make sure they keep us on our toes. And if that means killing somebody that's very important to us, then let it be. Well, real quick before I do my prediction, someone brought up um, Devin, a priester on Twitter. He said, do you guys believe Olivia really did get Huck out because her dad is the leader of B316? So that's a that's a, a good question. I don't think that's the case because Olivia acted like she found out what B316 was when Huck brought all of his colleagues into the office. So if she already knew about it, I don't think it she it wouldn't have been a shock. She kind of it seemed like she would already been a little familiar with it. I don't know. But whatever. We'll talk about we can talk about that. It, it's funny that you say that because my predictions are more questions. All roads lead to fits, right? The whole issue of who is the mole is keeping fits away from Olivia, right? And the main person doing that is Olivia's father. But more importantly, he's the head of B316, right? So is he keeping them apart because he's her father or because he's B316? And it's not a coincidence that there's a B316 agent working for Olivia and that a B316 agent almost took them down. Hmm. That, to me, is going to be the new storyline of why they're really being kept apart. That's number one. Number two, I actually hope that now that Carrie's secret is out, 
that that actually frees her up and I actually want her to go, um, what's the appropriate word, like almost like commando. Does it make sense? This whole like put together, I'm always perfect, like I have to be the martyr, I want that gone. I want her to fight back. And if that means she has to go after Melly, Fitz, whoever, I want the first Olivia Pope we saw at the beginning of season one that walked into Russian gangsters and basically was like, you kick rocks, I'm not giving you a million extra dollars, you need to go back to Russia, keep it moving. That's the person I want to come back because she no longer has any secrets. I'm curious to how this outcome is going to actually affect Olivia. Um, I'm wondering about Jake, now that Jake is thrown in the dungeon. Oh, yeah. oh he's done. Well, um, you know, who's to say? Uh, who knows? No. Yeah. No. And then also, this seems maybe that it's a little personal with Olivia's dad. I feel this a little more. I feel this uh, father's. I feel it's a personal. Uh, more personal from a father's perspective more so than it is business related so I'm just curious to see how that turns out and then now that the dad is revealed who is going to play Olivia Pope's mother that's what I really want to know what actress you have to have a bomb actress we all, we've, we've, it's been going on Twitter like the top ones I mean my top Oprah. one would be Felicia Rashad I was just about to say Felicia, Felicia Rashad. Rashad I would say Felicia Rashad um, uh, Whitfield Lynn Whitfield, Lynn Whitfield. Whitfield. um those are my top choices. If she were, if she were a little younger, Diane Carroll. I was oh, say, yeah. 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 I'm gonna say Oprah Winfrey. Oh, that's yeah, a strength. Because no. I just said it. Oh, I didn't. And do the that. only <laughs> reason that they couldn't do that, and this is gonna sound silly, they've already mentioned Oprah. That's yeah. true. They did. So the fact Oprah. that they mentioned Oprah, Oprah could only be Oprah. And, and again, that comes back to the intelligence of the audience. So yeah. you can't now bring Oprah in as not as Oprah. Mm. We might be getting Tyler Perry as Oprah and Oprah as his mom, as her mom. What? <laughs> I Anywho, yeah. I still and um, I still think Melly blabbed it, and then the the number everything still adds up. I still question Harrison's return or something because he hasn't been around. So I'm curious if he will come back for season. I don't know because season one he wasn't around that much either, and it had not many lines. He had his breakout moment, and all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, but he also wasn't around. I, you know, we won't need to get into that. But you know, I stand with what I'm good. Oh, you're good. Yeah, okay. yeah. Did you did you have some prediction? Because you said your oh, question was... I forgot. That's fine. Okay. Um. Well, that's it. And Christine, we'll be getting this to you as soon as possible. Um. It was a great season. Twenty two episodes. We've been here since. I can't even remember September. I guess September. Uh, I think sixteenth. Maybe yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. So it's almost summertime now. September twenty seventh. Wow. Is episode one and yeah. wow. And it was called mm-hmm. the White Hats Off. And now yeah. they are back I, I, on. Um, so yeah, but it was overall, a great yeah. overall. Sorry, yeah. Not just saying overall great season. Yeah, we had great a blast, season. and we love you guys. Thanks for giving us record numbers this season, and uh, let's do it again next season. Um, so yeah, uh, where can we find you guys? On Twitter at Sophia Stanley. You can find me, Bam Erickson, on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also find me at Big Six Entertainment at Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Cornelia on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I'm at Emil Ennis Jr. on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and ChasingLA.com. It was a blast, guys, and yeah, have fun. Be gladiators. Enjoy your life without scandal. <laughs> From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.